Hello. Uh, I'm just going to apologise in advance uh, if uh, the first chunk of this week's episode has the noise of a washing machine in the background. The washing machine was on. We did realise, but uh, potentially too late. Anyway, enjoy the sound of us talking over the washing machine. Everybody, I've stopped doing my thing where I said I'm Paul Rose. Some of you might know me as Mr. Biffo. That's have you? Fine. How long have you stopped that for? Because I remember you saying it not that long ago. I don't think I did it in the last one. So you've only stopped for one episode. Yeah, and I've mentioned it in this one, but I haven't done it. Anyway, I'm Paul Rose. This is my wife, Sanya. Hi. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Can you guess Hope my, you got name? my name? probably got the words wrong yeah anyway so a slight change of plan this week we were going to start talking about brave but sanya hasn't done her homework no i haven't finished i've done most of it but i'm not it's not complete yet however fortunately there's something to talk about anyway before we get to brave which is marillion's 10th anniversary and doubly fortunately i had a delivery this morning of something that we're also going to talk about yeah that i was not expecting yeah what's that it gonna was be? that was unusual keep listening you'll find out so we got uh we're going to jump around a bit in time mm-hmm. this week but we are going to start with 1992's 10th yeah. anniversary of well, it's not the 10th anniversary of Marillion, but it's the 10th anniversary of the release of Market Square Heroes, their first single. And to mark that anniversary, they released a singles collection. Quite literally, it was called a singles collection, subtitled Six of One, Half a Dozen of, a, of the Other. Why do you think it was called that, Sonia? Uh, <laughs> don't look at your phone. Just, just, just. Stop looking at your phone. Oh, there was more than it's six like such songs a whiny on there. Voice there. Was it because there were six fish songs and six H era songs? Technically, yes. Six fish singles and six H singles. All the H singles today. But it was also a lie because there were two bonus tracks on there, two new tracks which were sung by H. But that's why that's why I said Okay, yeah, just just keep going. What? Don't worry. <laughs> what? What? No, 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 no. Don't worry. Just let let's move on. It's um. Even at the time, I thought it was a weird collection. Given that, right. I mean, it's Why? not well because it's not a best of. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, that was that was involuntary. I know. I know. I no, know, you know why you're not. saying that. Well, <laughs> that's so mean, Paul. What? Well, it's not a best. Well, of. according to you. Okay, I'm sorry. I I think anyone who classes themselves as a Meridian fan would say that they're not necessarily a singles band. Right. They're an albums band. I yes. mean, they've even they've even stopped really 
well, okay, they release the odd single here and there these days, but it's not really about the singles. So releasing a singles collection, when when really, let's be honest, they only ever had, let's, let's be generous and say three big hit singles. Mm. And not only that, but this travesty of a collection... Oh, what? That's... that's, that's you... Doesn't even have some of their best singles on it. Oh, okay, so... Well, let's go May, At some point, I would like to hear what you would have put on this well, singles I collection. I wouldn't have made it a singles collection. Why? Because the singles... You... There was, okay, because they've done some bad singles. <laughs> That's why. It's, yeah, and but it's, it's okay. They've got enough albums. It's okay to have both a best of and a singles collection but i think that, it's a good idea for no, an album at that point they didn't, of singles. they didn't have a best of at that point they had one that came out in 1997 which was called best of both worlds mm. which which had album tracks on it and was somewhat more representative of the band but you've got problems here firstly it alternates between apart from the last two tracks which are the bonus tracks it alternates between fish era and h era or rather it starts with h era yeah and alternates with Fish Era. Yes. Okay, and then... So that's that's weird anyway, because stylistically, they're so different. Fish and H, vocally... Oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah. ...are so different. All this manages to do is highlight those differences. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely true, but not necessarily a bad thing. Not necessarily. I quite liked that. Nonetheless. Nonetheless. Hmm. No, what? finish your yeah, sentence, and then I've got something nice. to say related yeah. to that point. Nonetheless, there's no He Knows You Know on there. Right. There's no Punch and Judy. And most bizarrely of all, perhaps, there's no Market Square Heroes, the first single, mm. or or Sugar Mice, one of their best singles. So you would have taken all the... Would you have kept any of the Fish era singles on on there or would you have swapped them all out well you can't okay here's oh, let me just give a rundown of what the track list okay is yes good idea home. so track one cover my eyes track two kaylee track three easter track four warm wet circles track five uninvited guest track six assassin not the single version of assassin but an extended version with a section that wasn't on the album version it's actually really good What's it doing on a singles version? Singles album. Right, track seven, Hooks in You. Tracks eight, the album version of Garden Party. Track nine, No One Can. I mean, talk about giving yourself the musical bends going from Garden Party, the the (laughs) full-length version of Garden Party, into No One Can, followed by Incommunicado, Dryland, Lavender, and then into the mediocre I Will Walk on Water and the cover version Sympathy. Right. It's a bizarre collection. So can I... I, I'd like... um, I've got a question. Um, Are you someone who prefers listening to music on shuffle? Or do you like listening to an album, like just albums from beginning to end? Well, there's no one... What's your usual preference? Well, I like a playlist, but if it's an album that's been... You know, something like Marillion's Fear... I will generally not put... I wouldn't put that on shuffle. God, no. Well, no. What I mean is, like, for example, generally, if I... Oh, I did Windy Pops. Oh, did you? you? start saying that again, please? (laughs) (laughs) So what I mean is, like, generally, if I'm... Unless 
unless I'm absolutely determined to listen to an album, then I'll listen to it from beginning to end and not shuffle it generally. But usually if I'm just like in the mood for listening to music, I will shuffle everything or at least shuffle like my favourites playlist. I like the surprise that you yeah. get from shuffling. Yeah. I, if I've created a playlist, like the, I've got one on... Uh, I got one on Spotify called Biffo's Isolation Mix, which is about six hours long, and I will put I will put that on shelf. Yeah, yeah. So if I go for a walk and I'm not trying to listen either to a specific album or listen mm. to Marillion for this podcast, I've got my favorite playlist, and I will just shuffle that. So I'm wondering if shufflers don't mind the singles collection and that it's such a huge variation in music in sound what would you call album list like beginning to enders (laughs) completists completists (laughs) would find a singles collection disconcerting because there's too much variation in the music in the sound what do you think of that theory I, i got a bit lost to be honest Okay, forget it. Let's uh, move on. No, I got a, a bit confused by. Do you think people who prefer listening to music on shuffle have no have less issue with? I don't know. I don't, a can't, singles collection. I can't speak for the entirety of the human race. Because what I mean is, is like I much as I'd like to be. <laughs> because what I mean is, like I didn't mind going from, uh, I don't know, no one can to incommunicado. I quite liked it. I like that contrast. Look, yeah, I because they're Meridian songs. They're, they're yeah, they're all worth a listen. But I, it, it's more what's not there, and why, and some of the choices. I just find it. Sorry, you don't do a Meridian singles collection. You just don't. Yeah, there's subsequent best of. <laughs> you just don't. Well, they have. Well, they did. Yeah, they did. It, <laughs> they went it, against your advice. They did, and they, it was a stupid thing to do. Well, I don't <laughs> also like it. on top of that, I like it. On top of that, terrible album artwork. Yeah, which. Well, yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah you've that, seen that that X. That's not the. Oh, whoops. That's oh my god. Okay, no one knows what's going on, Sonia. You? <laughs> you just sound like you're you're in the middle of a Keystone Cops movie. I I accidentally kept touching stuff on my phone and it was going to different pages. Um, Yeah, the artwork is not the best choice in artwork and it's not their... I mean, I would even prefer Mark Wilkinson's covers to this. Well, the the best of both worlds Mm. did do that. It had two covers. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, It had a Mark Wilkinson one and a a Bill Smith Studios cover. Oh, Okay. Oh, it's interesting. Mm, ah, oh. So let me let me just read out a quote from from the band at the time. This is an interview that they did with a, a website called Interviews with a guy called Anil Passard. Uh and um, he asked, I thought the running order of the compilation was intriguing. It alternates between Fisher and Hogarth era, encouraging listeners to hear the two side by side throughout. It's a bold thing yeah, to do. Yeah, I love it. Well, Rothers says that was one of the things we wanted to do with an album of this kind for people who haven't been aware of what the band's done since Fish left all three years of it. It's to try to introduce them to how we sound now. I don't know if we did that. This is an interview at the time. Oh, dear. Oh. Um, Pete re- uh, responded, 
it's very difficult to know what order to put these things when doing these sort of albums, and I thought that one worked well. So Pete liked it, Rothers. Yeah, oh, I'm so. with Pete. High five, Pete. Well, I don't know. I like it. I, I love hearing that contrast. I think it's a, a, a good juxtaposition of sound. Yeah, I'm with Rothers. Okay. I don't know if they did that. Fine. So there were, as we as we know, there's um, a couple of new things on there. So Sympathy, which yeah. was a single, uh, a cover um, of the song by Rare Bird. Have you now heard the original? I have, yes. Did you like the original? I did like the original. It's very similar, but a lot more stripped back. Mm. Yeah, I liked I liked both versions. Apparently, the reason they did it it was it was um, H's idea. I nearly called him Hogarth then. That's all right. I called Rothers Rothers. Yeah, true. Anyway, it was Hogarth's idea. <laughs> Steve H's idea. Because uh, when he first joined the band, um, when they were trying to write, uh, they went to a pub and it was on the jukebox. And he, he said to the rest of them, if we ever do a cover, we should cover this. Mm. Which I, I don't really know why. I don't think it's the most marillion sounding song. I mean, it's fine. I, I think a, they. I think they improved it. H's singing definitely had more. It was more emotive and mm. had more range. And I liked how it got rockier towards the end. It, their version was kind of more musically dense and complex. The, yeah, the, the original was, very was really sparse. stripped back. Yeah, which works as well. What I find but, it, what yeah, I do they find made it more interesting. What I do find interesting is that Fish apparently always pressured them to do covers. Really? Um, yeah. And, oh, no, and, I find that very surprising. Well, because Fish had this I- idea for an album called Geistfahrer. Apologies to our German listeners if I've I've mispronounced that, which I think translates as Ghost Driver, oh, which cool. it's a phenomenon in uh, Germany that of um, drivers on the autobahn driving as fast as they can the wrong way down the road. Oh, my God. Um, and... Fish had this idea that of a, for a concept album and potentially even a stage show where it was it was documenting this guy's last drive and all the songs on the radio would be covers by Marillion. Oh. Uh, but the band weren't keen. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, anyway. I, I guess it depends which covers they chose, but wow, so... Fish. Oh well, really, I'm curious to know which songs he would have chosen. Well, has he ever mentioned I, it? Well, yes, indeed. Oh, okay. Go on then. <laughs> yes, indeed, because uh, the, the the around this same time, Fish released the covers album, uh, which. I, I, so well, around the time that Marillion a singles collection came out. Yeah. Okay. He released songs from the Mirror, second album with Mirror in the title. Mm. Um, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you what the track listing of that was. Um, question by the Moody Blues, Boston Tea Party, um, which was, I believe, by the Alex Harvey band. A Fearless by Pink Floyd, which is a very, for those who know Pink Floyd, a very curious Pink Floyd song to cover, but a good one. Uh, Ape Man by the Kinks. Hold Your Head Up, which was a single by Argent. Solo by Sandy Denny, which is an interesting choice as well. I Know What I Like by Genesis, because I think he said at the time that if he didn't put a Genesis on there, a song on there, people would kind of say, you know, come on, mate. 
Who <laughs> <laughs> you trying to kid? Come on, mate. Uh, Jeepster by Mark Boland, which is a classic glam rock song, which I'm sorry to say Fish does not do justice to. And I remember him performing it on, it was something like Pebble Mill at One, which is a lunchtime BBC One show, magazine show, and yeah. Um, Five Years by David Bowie, which they, I remember they tried to get Bowie to, not Bowie, I don't know, how do we say, don't correct me please everyone, I don't know, Bowie, David Bowie, Bowie. How do you call that, the... Bowie, the, Bow, I yes. say Bow. So do I. David Bowie, uh, they tried to get him to play saxophone on it, but they didn't manage. So that came out in um, in 93, which is his last album on Polydor, which is the label that he signed with after he left EMI. So I think it's fair to say that some of those might have ended up on that mythical Marillion Covers album. So interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, Sympathy, get this. Yeah. Released as a single, had a very fancy video, which I believe might have been... I think it might might have been shot in um, Mexico. Oh, I wish I'd seen the video. So dumb. I looked up the video for I Will Walk on Water and didn't look one up for Sympathy. Well, there isn't a video for I Will Walk on Water. No, I know, exactly. It wasn't a single. So good luck with that. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a single. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was just a bonus track on the, um, on the album. Uh, but it was their biggest hit since 1987 really it got it got to i believe number number 17 on the british charts that's good it going got top 20 that is good going you know given the all, all recent shingles which i think no one can was there which also no one can was released off this album re-released it had only been out the, like the previous year from holidays in eden and they mm. re-released it trying to have a second hit with it that only got to 26 which was seven places higher than it had previously um but yeah but sympathy so i got to 17 however the album did terribly which it got to number 27 and then kind of just dropped away oh yeah again sorry it's i guess not... more people didn't appreciate the mix of you could say that you could also say that that marillion aren't like a i don't know it's like a band like blondie or or I don't know, a big charting band that that have a lot of hit singles that you know. It's like you go to some of these these big band shows and you'll kind of go, oh my God, I didn't know I knew yeah. many songs by them. Yeah. I did. Uh, Marillion weren't like that. You had to have bought the albums. So it wasn't like people were kind of going, oh my God, look at the number of hits on here. Most people would have kind of perhaps known Kaylee and Lavender and kind of gone, what, what? Because <laughs> you know, all the all the I'm thinking era. more like Marillion fans who were familiar with all the songs might have been happy to hear them again, again and put together again, <laughs> even though they already okay. had them. Slight, very slightly off topic. What's your stance on greatest hits albums? Oh, they're fine. I don't have a. You're problem not with. like ew. They're not. Particularly for bands, you that know, are, that are singles bands. What I'm saying is, Marillion is not that sort of band. Mm. And, you know, it, more, most importantly, their singles since H had taken over, with, ironically, the, the exception of, um, of Sympathy, hadn't done very well. And prior to Kaylee, 
even then their singles weren't massive smash hits. They they were not a singles band, yet their albums would regularly go top ten. Mm. So what does that tell you? Put out singles out the singles collection by a band whose singles don't do very well, but yet their albums do. Seems like well put out a best of with which Cherry picks the best tracks from the albums. Stupid idea. And it and it it, it failed as an exercise. Yeah, you, know, you might have liked it, but I think <laughs> Most his, people his, didn't. history proves me right again. <laughs> okay, fine. So you like sympathy? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think my because I originally listened to it. Um, Could when you say we were, yeah, I did again because I burped again. Oh God! What did you have to drink? Some Fizzy big, stuff. Oh, Barocca. Um, yeah, I did. I I originally listened to it when we were covering Holidays in Eden. And I think my um, first thoughts were quite nice. <laughs> like, literally, that's all I'd written. Sympathy, quite nice. Quite nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it, that's what it is. It's quite nice. It's not like a favourite song, but mm. I, I like what I like what Marillion did with it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... <sighs> it's not one of their best, but it's not one of their worst. Yeah. I, I find it hard to rank it because... It's a uh, it's a cover, yeah. And it's I don't know. It's it's them playing someone else's song, so I, I, I'm not that interested in it. Right. I like what Marillion do. Yeah. That said, when they did do a covers night at the Marillion weekend, which a vast number of fans didn't enjoy, mm. I loved it. That's the oh song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me um, many times about H's version of Toxic. Well, Which yeah. I've since seen, and it, it's good. Oh, it's great. It's really good. Shows you what a great bit of songwriting that is. Yeah. But I thought it was an interesting selection of covers, and on top of that, uh, um, that's for me is what the Marillion Weekend should be about. There should be one night which is just out there. Yeah. And where they do something different. And So, yeah, I loved it personally, but I know a lot of fans were like, we come here to hear Marillion music, which I totally get. You know, if mm. they've travelled around the world and don't, get to see them often then yeah they probably don't want to see H in a glittery dress singing money 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 I get it Washing machine is now off. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so rather said at the time, uh, sympathy got to number seventeen on the English charts, but purely on the strength of single sales, it didn't get played or playlisted by record or radio stations. Oh, do you know why? Because they're Marillion, and probably they didn't think it sounded very commercial, which and it also was completely out of step with the musical trends at the time. Oh. Um. Yeah, so he says he says that it gives you some sort of idea of the mentality of the British radio, but also the resistance that we're up against. So you've really just got to say, fuck it, let's just make a great album. And Pete concurs. He says, I think our strength is in the albums musically. Rothers goes on, it's a shame. Although singles aren't important to the band, they're a way of reaching a wider audience and making people more aware of it. 
and as Pete says, and also they're an advert for the album, which is fine. And yes, it did work with Kaylee, obviously. Mm, yeah. Which misplaced sold very well off the back of Kaylee and Lavender. But then when you go and release something like Hooks in You, which is not representative of the band in the slightest, mm. that, that then you're defeating your own argument, I would suggest. Yeah, I think you have a point. Yeah. So, you know, you can look at those tracks on that. I mean, I don't know. Cover my eyes. I mean, they're not. Are they representative? I mean, mean, Assassin Garden Party kind of are. I don't know. Again, as I say. Of the earlier years, yeah, Incommunicado. Mm. I was happy that Dry Land was on there. Yeah, well, you love Dry Land, but you've also got it on Holidays in Eden, so what's the point? I don't know, because I listened to... I mean, okay, I didn't go through it in order. But here's I the thing. Land and then put on Incommunicado. And it was like, oh, yeah, wow. I mean, I realised how great the fish era was and how much energy it had compared to the where we were up to in the mm. H era. Not saying that one is better than the other, but it was like, oh, wow, yeah. It's, it was just like, I don't know, it had such a different a different quality of energy to it. Yeah. And I loved hearing that next to one next to the other. But, but again, neither better or worse necessarily. Although I would ask argue that uninvited guests. Oh my god, I was looking turgid. through the I was looking <laughs> I feel, I feel a little bit guilty saying this. I was looking through the track list and saw uninvited guest and went ew. Ew, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're doing it again. <laughs> I need to behave. I was like, out of all the songs, why did they choose to put that on well, like, there? Because they put and all that, the And that's why I asked there. you. Um, so is this all the singles or like? And you were like, no. And then I thought, oh, interesting. They actually made a conscious choice to include it. Yes. Well, wow. yeah. They didn't leave out any fish ears of the uh, H era stuff. They left out only fish era stuff. No sugar mice on there, sorry. And all Market Square heroes. I just think it's yeah. unforgivable. But, okay, they did more singles with with Fish. So why yeah, not just put... Yeah, so they couldn't fit them, I suppose. But why not put those two songs on there? And then you've got the two extra songs. So what would you have swapped out for Fish era? I would have kept... Incommunicado was amazing. Well, no, when this that is came my on, point. It was just like, yes. I can see why they've tried to make it balanced. Well, they haven't made it balanced. They made it unbalanced. I wouldn't take anything out. Let's, let's just have the... The full spread, if you're going to do a singles greatest hits, it's not greatest hits because most of those singles weren't hits, but I would have just put Marcus Square Heroes and Sugar Mice on there. And Sugar Mice stylistically fits perfectly with Easter. So, but then there would have been more Fish Era songs than H Era songs. No, because you've got the two H Era. You would have just made tracks. it longer then. Yeah. Ah, I see. Make it a double. You know what? Don't do it at all. That would be better. <laughs> You wouldn't be wasting everyone's time and money. Just don't do it. I would have bought it back in the day. Well, I did because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Well, I wanted the two new tracks. What a disappointment. Seriously? Well, I will walk on water. Come on. It's not their best. We're back into early 80s, yes, territory. I, I thought they sounded... Okay, well, I don't know my decades because I thought that it was a very 90s sound. Yeah, it's got 90s production. But then, but then I'm like, oh, it really reminds me of The Police. 
um, yeah, it's got that white, message that in a bottle, white reggae thing again, which um, which then led me. I'm, I'm grateful to I Will Walk on Water because it led me to watching the video for Message in a Bottle, which was awesome. <laughs> okay. all, all four minutes and twenty seconds of it, and um, actually, the first time I listened to this was again when we were looking listening to Holidays in Eden, and off the back of it, I went and listened to um, a Sting's Greatest Hits album. <laughs> Because it was like, oh, he's great. I mean, I've always liked his songs, but never actually sat down to listen to. Well, no, that's a lie. I have listened to one of his albums because it was for a school. So, thing. so anyway, Mar- I've gone off. Sorry, Meridian's singles collection, you know, succeeded in one respect. It made you go and listen to someone else. <laughs> it was like, come on, that's not. That's and not then, what and they then were I thought because I thought. Can you imagine someone mixed I Will Walk on Water with Message in a Bottle? Like a talented music mix-up. They would go so well together. I don't. I just don't want to hear I Will Walk on Water. Well, you really don't like it? It's just... It's, I don't hate it as much as I do How Can It Hurt. But we are... Sorry, we are here in the... In the last throes of mediocrity before we get to Brave. Right. That's what I would say. Okay. I was trying to think whether if this, if I Will Walk on Water came up on shuffle, would I skip it or not? And I actually thought only 50% of the time would I skip it. So it's not that bad. I quite like the sort of, the, the way the guitar drives it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's got a nice kind of groove to it. Yeah. But it's then, not terrible. But then I don't like the chorus, the I Will Walk. You see, that's where a music mixer comes in and adds in message in a bottle. You mean cut out the bit that's rubbish. Yeah, (laughs) and add that bit in and then we've got a whole new song with the best of both. What is interesting about I Will Walk on Water is it was the first song that they recorded at the Racket Club, which they the Racket Club is their studio. It's the first version of the Racket Club. They, They moved later but yeah it was the first song they recorded in their own studio which they'd done for economic purposes because it meant that they didn't have to waste loads of money hiring studios so of course what did they do on the next album they went and hired a a chateau in france to record it (laughs) (laughs) so that that was was more for the energetic inspiration like the atmosphere maybe maybe they just didn't like being in a, a porter cabin um yeah, so look, I guess we've wasted too much, or we talked too much about a terrible collection of. Not that the songs are terrible, but a terrible, misguided anthology of Meridian tracks. Misguided as a as a, a conceptually is what right. I would say. Okay. Tenth anniversary. Of course, they also had to do a, a special tenth anniversary show. Now, at the time in 1992, I was working at Wembley Arena and Wembley Stadium. I'd worked on the scoreboard. For those of you who are interested, you know, I would be the guy that would create the animations. You know, if someone scored a goal. You know, I would do an animation of the whatever something a football going into a goal or. Uh, if you've ever seen the Freddie Mercury um, concert for AIDS Awareness, the first thing shown on uh, the BBC broadcast of it was a scoreboard image that I'd drawn 
um, which I was very proud of. So I also worked the football matches and, you know, I would, I would actually score the matches. So that was, you know, I would press a number one in the right box. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also, while working at Wembley Arena, managed to um, nearly get fired by upsetting Brian Adams. I've told you this story, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. It's a great so, story. Oh my god! So Brian Adams at the time, you may remember, this is this is all linked to Marillion. Um, Brian Adams at the time, if you remember, was uh, um, riding high off the back of uh, God. What was oh, the song? What was Dancers with Wolves? Was that the film? No, it was um, the Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, Robin what was Hood, the song? Oh, my goodness. I want to say I will do anything for love, but that, that's... An, that's I'll do anything for you. Is it? Oh, my goodness. I listened to that song so many times. Oh, God, remember. you were one of the people responsible. I'm looking at it. Why can't we think? It's it was a in the, song. It was like the top of the chart for something like 17 weeks. Yeah, in Australia as well. Like it was that. crazily popular. Um, I hadn't even seen the film, and I still like the song. So it's so far so good. Good. No, the walking, waking up the world tour. That's what that would have been. What happened um, to Brian Adams? Off the back of waking up the neighbours. Everything I do, I do it for you. That's it. Not I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. So yeah, anything I do, I'll do it for you. So he was riding high off the back of off the back of that. Mm. And my job at gigs. Because I'd have to be there on gig day. Would I'd have to go in early. I'd have to set up the scoreboard, which means sort of programming any adverts that have to flash up before and after the gig. Um, it's this, it's this big, huge electronic scoreboard at the back of the arena. Uh, and a lot of the ads I would have to have created and blah, 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 uh, and animated and stuff. So, um, and then I would have to... My cue for when I had to turn the scoreboard off or on was the house lights, which I was in this little room. I mean, it was literally like a, like an electrical cupboard underneath the, the, the seating off to the, off to one side of, of, of the arena. And I could, if I, I had a window, the window was about like a foot high and about sort of two foot wide. That was, that was all I had to look out of. And I had to sit in there and I'd look out and I could see just about the scoreboard off to, off to the left. And when I saw the house lights dim, I would press a button to turn the scoreboard off. At the end of the show, I would see the house lights come on. The music would have stopped. House lights come on. I press another button to turn the scoreboard on while people were filing out. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was reading, uh, I think for all things, it was a Star Trek novel. God knows how. I remember that, but I was reading my Star Trek novel. I'd done my bit of the show had played. Sometimes I could go out and watch a bit of the show. I mean, there's a lot of stories I can tell about my Wembley Arena days, but this is the one that nearly got me fired. Um, and, jeez. Uh, so so I was so engrossed in my book and uh, I was looking at my book and I oh, the music stopped. I looked out and it looked very bright out, out of my little window. So I turned the scoreboard on. Um, went back to my book about five five minutes later <clears throat> the uh, I think the arena manager burst into my little room my cupboard and said what the hell have you done why have you turned the scoreboard on Brian Adams he's throwing chairs around Wait, what, did the scoreboard say something 
yeah, it had all the adverts flashing up on it. Oh. Uh, and because the scoreboard had come on, everyone started leaving prior to the <laughs> the encore where he would have played everything I do, I do it for you. Oh, no. Uh, I prematurely ended the gig by turning the scoreboard on early. So everyone was probably like, there for that one massive hit. Uh, and I screwed it up. And yeah, apparently Brian Adams was livid about it. So anyway, another time I got into trouble was when Yes were playing. They were playing in the round. Again, this is all leading towards Marillion. The Marillion story isn't that good. These are better stories, but they're leading to it. Another time, yeah, Yes were playing in the round and I... um. I also had a I had a camera that I could see the scoreboard, so I could see if if anything was wrong with the scoreboard. It was great. I had a little CCTV camera and a little monitor, and I had a joystick. I could like control the um, I could control the, the camera, so I could like zoom in and out. Oh, cool. I could spy on people as well, which <laughs> wow. I wasn't allowed to do. But during the yes gig, oh great, because I, I couldn't really see from where I was. I, I could watch the gig through the, <laughs> the camera, which is what I did. Um, and I got into trouble oh for that because I could have been recording. Um, oh no! I remember seeing Yes backstage. Oh and really? Out in the corridor. Yeah. Did you meet? Did you talk to them? No, they walked right past me. Uh, they, I remember the main thing that, that struck me was their their eyeliner. They were all wearing guy liner. Well, of course they were. Yeah, and very very sort of silky shirts. Mm. They looked. Yeah, they didn't look cool up close. Did they not? No, Aww. but then I wouldn't say yes if they ever looked cool, but whatever. So, of course, yeah, I often got to hang around these bands playing. Yeah. Um, Pet Shop Boys was another one, and, you know, you'd see, you'd get to see the best bit, the best, most revealing perk was seeing sound checks. Oh, really? And for bands that I was genuinely interested in, I'd get there early to, to so watch you could the see, sound check. Yeah. Now, the whole time I'd played there, I'd been there, Marillion had not played a gig. I figured those days were over. And, um, yeah, those days were over because the last time I'd seen them at Wembley Arena, prior to working there, you know, half the, the arena had been divided with a curtain because they hadn't sold enough tickets, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Was that but, the season's end tour or the holidays in Eden? Tour? Somewhere between the two, oh. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, so this was 92 and you know I always dreamed god if they ever um if they ever play the arena you know god that'd be so cool I could get to see soundcheck I yeah. could like, wander around backstage with my pass which got me anywhere oh cool uh, yeah the coolest place you could go was underneath the arena itself because it used to be a swimming pool that had one of the first wave machines in the world. And the swimming pool's still under there. It's the creepiest place. Well, it's still there now. Yeah, yeah. Well, as far as I know. I mean, I haven't been there for years. But yeah, they never filled it in. They just built over the top of it. It's oh, got wow. all these these girders and stuff. Um, I went on the roof of the stadium, got a private gig from from uh, Queen and David Bowie uh, in the stadium, which uh, was very cool. Saw Neil Diamond shuffle on stage. I thought oh, he was awesome. a, I thought it was someone's granddad. He came on literally, literally in slippers and a cardigan with glasses on, and shuffled on stage. And they started belting out red, 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 red wine and other such hits. Caroline. I imagine a Neil Diamond concert would be great. Well, yeah, but the, what was really stunning about that was the transformation between. 
the transformation between soundcheck and showtime. And then on stage. Yeah, with him in his like sort of glittery jacket, kind of you know, being at the absolute showman. But all, often I got to see these things because Neil Diamond was one. He asked for the the arena to be cleared. It was the same with Queen and David Bowie. They asked right. for the stadium to be cleared because often they don't want bystanders yeah, to, fair to witness the yeah. the uh, the sound checks because they're in a raw state. Mm. But normally I, I could get away with it because I either I'd be in my little room with the window yeah, or, as in the case with the Queen gig, I'd gone up to the top of the 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 stand, um, the top balcony underneath the scoreboard and I'd sat out there to have my lunch during the day and I thought, I, I thought then that, wow, the stadium's really empty today. Oh, you didn't realise why? Well, I didn't realise why until years later when I read a biography of David Bowie where it mentioned in there that he'd asked the stadium to be cleared. Oh. And, uh, and, and it was like, it weren't clear. I was watching him do his, do his, do under pressure with the Queen. That's really cool. It was one of the coolest that moments is so of my cool. life. I was sitting eating my sandwich. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Annie, and even better, Annie Lennox wasn't on stage with him, which she was during the actual gig. Paul. You know I don't like Annie Yeah, Lennox. okay, I know, but that's not fair on her. She's done some good songs. I like Annie Lennox. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, leave it at that because you know I know what will happen. Our listeners don't know, but so, we'll save that for a possible future. So I've painted a picture here mm. of, you know, the excitement I potentially could have felt at Merillium playing their 10th anniversary gig at my place of work. Yeah. Unfortunately, which, you know, proved to be a, rather a, a strong indicator of, of the future, I was scheduled when they announced their gig to be married that day. Oh, you're joking. Suffice to say, even then, I if I could have got away with it, I would have done the gig <laughs> instead of, yeah, with, with hindsight, without going into specifics. That should have warned me then. You think it was a sign? Yeah. All I'll say is I'm still a Marillion fan. Even so, by all accounts, the show was fine. Didn't The set list wasn't anything massively special, blah, blah, blah. But around the same time, Fish had pitched to the band a reunion concert. What? Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing then all of their previous troubles, uh, litigation troubles and stuff had been settled. Maybe, but certainly things weren't smoothed over yet. Oh, they weren't. Because I have some quotes from Marillion at the time. I remember Fish, I remember reading this, I think it was in wow. Fish's Fish's uh, fan club magazine, which the company. Yeah. Uh, I think, I remember him saying that his idea was he'd come on and do a set, mm. then the band would come and do a set with Steve Hogarth. So he'd play an oh, hour. Oh, he he'd... wouldn't play with the band. Hang on. Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting. He'd play, yes, he'd play an hour of, of solo stuff, they'd play an hour of, Eight year of stuff, then they'd come on and do Misplaced Childhood and Grendel together, which would be rearranged to work with Steve Hogarth and Fish. Interesting. Well, isn't it interesting? But except that's all his songs. <laughs> so he's, not gonna do, he's not gonna do any H song or H era songs. I know. 
Yeah, okay. So they said... Uh, I could see why they wouldn't go for that. They said, get stuffed. <laughs> That's a bit cheeky. I mean, also, it didn't help that they sort of still seem to resent him for taking him to court. And... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, this was like... only 1992. Was it? Yeah. And um, Fish at the time, was he'd left, you know, he kind of was on the verge of leaving Polydor. He'd just set up his own independent record label, Dick Brothers. You can't laugh every I'm time I laughing. say that. I'm not laughing. You can't do that every time I say Dick Brothers. I didn't laugh. I smiled. I mean, so pure. <laughs> Juvenile. You really are. There's nothing funny about Dick Brothers. So, um... I'm not saying anything. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so the, the Anil Passard um, asked about the reunion gig the proposed reunion gig apparently there were others that apparently Meridian proposed at one point and then Fish proposed another one and then it didn't happen and then of course they did have their mini reunion in Aylesbury in 2007 so uh, yeah so Rother said uh, we spent the last four years re-establishing the band without Fish the last thing on the face of the earth that we'd wish to do is play play some reunion concerts with with him it would be the most pointless exercise on both sides and the motives were entirely financial Wow, Pete Brothers, said, he's feisty he when he wants to be. Well, Al, there's Pete. Pete has even more to say. Pete says, he wanted to do it for the wrong reasons. I think it would have been madness. It was madness to even suggest it, to be honest. He spent ages telling people in the press that he was glad he got away from the band. And then the interviewer says, I understand he regrets how things went down with the split. Pete says, you make your own life. Wait, what does that mean? Well, you know, you make your bed and you lie in it. Yeah. What? Rother says, I'm sure he does. I know he regrets leaving the band. Do you think that's true? Yeah, and he says, we've heard from various sources. I think he only really appreciated what the band um, what the band had after he left. Which Pete says, it's all water under the bridge now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Rother says, get a load of this. That was part of Meridian's past and you have to look forward to the future, really. And good luck to Fish with his solo career because he needs it. No. no. Wow. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so um, they weren't over it yet? Doesn't sound like it, does it? Uh, wow. I, I know. I, think- I mean, it was too soon. It was obviously too soon. too soon. I think Fish was They're all right on... with each other now, aren't oh, they? Oh, well, yeah. yeah well, yeah, we watched the uh, DVD documentary. Yeah, about clutching with them all together. Yeah, and they were all together in that. No, they're all, they're all friendly terms now. And, you yeah, know, they, they have to communicate because of, of... Aside from the fact they are friends, I think, particularly, I think, with with Fish, with Ian and Mark. Mm. Uh, but... They, they often talk, and he often talks to Lucy Fish, apparently, about, you know, various re-releases and things coming up. Because uh-huh. they're working on the Fugazi Deluxe Edition at the moment. Which oh, they are they? Had, yeah, they had to be interviewed for that. So, will that be a documentary as well? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll have it on there. Cool. Um, um, do you reckon they'll ever do a reunion concert again together? Is there any chance Oh, my chance God, Sanya, why you don't? Oh, oh no, don't. Don't do that. Why? Don't. Why? Don't. Why? You don't. You don't. You don't ask that question. Why? Why? Because it it 
It inflames people. You don't. Explain why it inflames Well, because they've been asked it so many times over the years. Well, I'm not asking the band. I'm asking you. No. Well, A, no, I don't think they will. Mm. And B, oh, no, you don't even... No. What's wrong with it? Okay, if you go on any Meridian message board or forum or Lucy's Friday questions on Facebook or any Meridian group anywhere... But I wouldn't ask... Lucy or the band, I'm just asking you in case Do you I have think, any insider knowledge. Well, given, given the way they respond to the question, mm. I think hell would have to freeze over first. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they've all said that... Rothers has made it very clear he won't drop the key of the songs in order to fit Fish's voice. He said that, that Fish doesn't sing like he used to. I mean, he sings on Welsh, but it's a damn sight better than he has in recent years. But Rothers won't do that. Mm. Uh, Fish is retiring. Yeah, so it's like, I'm going to get in trouble now. So it's like a, you know, pre-retirement sort of final party. Look, if, if any members of Marillion turn up at his final ever show, fine. I don't want to see it. I'm, a, I'm a, Also, when... When they did it in 2007, mm. it just unlocked a can of worms. Did it? Like what? Well, people just kind of going, this is it. They're going to get back together. And, oh, really? And they regretted it because oh. it overshadowed those eight. H has spent, what, 32 years yeah. trying to get away from the, the comparisons with Fish. They did it for Fish in 2007. Yeah. Because it it just gone through a very messy breakup. They were playing in Aylesbury. I think they wanted to sort of go look to the world, we're mates again. Right. But unfortunately, people saw it as something bigger than it was, which was just a bunch of old friends doing something for old time's sake. Right. And which is what uh, I would see it as. Like, I'd, but you know, just like a sort of light kind of fun get-together. You know, and it even now, it's insane when you see people asking, oh, you know... Will they ever play a reunion gig? The question comes mm. up so often. Does it? Oh, I'm sorry that I asked. Yeah, it. it's 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 the thing you don't ask. Really? <laughs> oh my goodness! It's the thing you do not Whoa, ask. Sorry, but clearly other people want to know as well. So I don't get it because uh, personally, I mm. don't want to see it. I mean, in 1992, yeah. had they done that proposed gig, I mean, mm. God knows how misplaced childhood and Grendel would have worked with H, but yeah. had they done that. I don't know. I just, I, I think it. I would have loved it at the time. I thought at the time I would have loved it. With hindsight, I think where they were in their respective careers, mm. I don't think the fish solo stuff and the H era stuff at that point would have held up in comparison to the fish with Marillion stuff live. Right. I think it would have made things worse. I think it would have made people pine for that era. Right. Well, but surely by now, we can stop talking about this or you my can God, cut why it you, out. Why well, I no, don't know. No, no, it's staying because we've not dealt with the I question. Need, I need to stop. But I am curious. So this is between you and me, literally. Hey. Um, surely enough time has passed now and their respective singular paths or separate paths have strengthened enough to be able to do it why would they do no. it why 
I don't know. What would, what would be just the benefit? Just for good fun. Rothers goes out and when he does his solo shows, he does one set of his solo songs mm-hmm. and he'll do one set with Martin from the band Steel Marillion on vocals singing Fish Era songs. And he doesn't have to drop the key. He's clearly having a, a, a lovely time without any weight of expectation on him. I don't know. I think it would end up, as it was in 2007, it ended up on the bloody news, for God's sakes. How would H feel? Yeah. How did H feel? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to... If it would upset H, I wouldn't want it to happen because that's not fair. I think it's just too... Yeah, it's not fair. Sorry, that's... For me, they've more than established themselves with him. You know, they've sold yeah, out... Yeah, absolutely. They've sold yeah, of out... of course they have. They've sold out the Royal Albert Hall three times over. They're a very, very different band. I love that Rothers will go and play old stuff. I love that they'll play old stuff at the Meridian Weekends. You know, it, it's for nostalgic shits and giggles. But do I need to see them playing with Fish? Not really. You know, when Fish does that old stuff, it sounds radically different these days. So you wouldn't get... A, it wouldn't feel like old Marillion. You know, Fish ha- isn't as mobile on stage as he used to be. I've had my reunion, my Live 8 Pink Floyd with Roger Waters moment, which was which was in Aylesbury. And it was then... It was very low-key. It was unannounced. Mm. And yet, it still ended up on the bloody news. Oh my God, Wow. If they did an actual proper, some sort of goodbye to fish reunion thing, mm. I just think you, you're would be opening up a world of trouble. And I don't think it's fair on H. And okay. I don't, and on top of that, I just don't think it'd be very good. You know, they've got one of the best singers in the world, which fish isn't anymore, let's be honest. You know, I mean, where, where does H fit into it? You know, them knowing that the band have gone off to play with, you know, it's no. Like, I'm at, in my it's head, like that. in my head, they'd be on stage together. What with H? Yeah. Fish and H have performed together. Have they? They sung. Well, in Aylesbury. No, or... uh, it was at some music festival in Holland or Germany, somewhere like that. Fish. Um, How did that go? They were both performing, and Fish said, uh, "I'd like to introduce someone now. This isn't my song anymore. This is our song," and they they performed. Oh, they performed awesome. Lavender. Yeah, I have so heard some, a bootleg that's it. what I mean. Something like that, where they come on stage and play together, sing together, and it doesn't have to be like a whole concert. Why are you? Why are you still going on about? I don't it? know. Make me stop, please. Why are you still? I don't going know. On about it? This is like the, the one thing I never wanted to talk about on this okay. podcast. We're moving. Do you into know the what? Future. You can just cut this bit yeah, out not, of the I'm podcast. I just wanted to talk with you about. <laughs> I'm it. leaving it because there's going to be people listening who probably want to, <laughs> now want to know. Would be angry. Why did you ask No, that? I'm sure there's a the lot of people... The question that should not be asked. I'm sure there's a lot of people who f- who feel the same way as you. What's the harm? Uh, and the harm is that, that it would be one thing that that might just be seen as throwaway to the band, but it would end up overshadowing everything good that they've done with H, unfortunately. You know, it would end up being... You, you would lose control of the narrative mm. in terms of the news because it would be about Marillion reunion. Right. Which, you know, as if they've not been producing great music for the last 
you know, 32 years with age. Mm-hmm. That's what it would become because that's what it became in 2007. And I think they all got, they all got taken aback by the response to that. What they performed one song, one song with fish and it, it spiraled out of control. And in some respects, they're still sort of putting out the fires of reunion talk even now off the back of that. So I just think, no, just leave it. It's the past. Fine. It's the past. It's gone. Fisher's put out a decent final album. Marillion are carrying on with with new albums. They're amazing live now. And, yeah, Fisher's... Fish's you know, by his own admission, finds touring and performing hard these days. So I don't know. What would be the point? What would be the point? Uh, we'll say no more. So we were going to... Um... Jesus. We what? were. Why did you we, say been, Jesus? We've been going a long time. Well, okay, then please cut out that No, I'm not. It's really thing. important. It's, it's really You said important. it was the one thing you would never wanted to talk about. But now you brought it up, I'm glad. I'm not. I regret it. Because you're not the only one. Yeah, people do. And well, we... it was only because I I hadn't realised that both the band and Fish had suggested it to each other on numerous occasions. Well, on a few occasions. Yeah. I hadn't realised that. I don't know how true it is. I, I've heard that Meridian, I think Fish said that Meridian pitched it to him once. I can't believe they'd have done that. They've always seemed so anti it. But who knows? Yeah, which was my assumption was that they wouldn't be that interested in it. So, But hearing you say that it had gone back and forth, mm. it was like, oh, okay. Well, but is no. it a possibility then at the some ship point? Is, I think there have been various points where... This is the thing. I think if Marillion did ever had ever suggested that, mm. it probably would have come during the late nineties at a time when they were all, as we'll get into as we go forward, looking at the albums at a time when they were, um, yeah, they weren't doing as well, frankly. And now things have picked up for them massively. Yeah, they don't need to do something like that. True. At all. True. Yeah, it's. No, I don't want it. So, we were going to do something else this episode, which we were going to talk about the web, not the song, but the fan club, the Marillion fan club. But we've we've ranted about reunions and singles collections <laughs> so so long that I think we'll save talking about the fan club uh, probably until the other side of Brave. Okay. So if Sandy can get her act together. Hey, I'm nearly done. I just want to... I'm just tying up the end bit now. Okay. So next week, we are for definite going to do Brave. For definite. We're going to start talking about Brave, which is probably going to give us a, take us a few weeks. And then we'll have a little pause while we talk about the web. And then after that, Afraid of Sunlight. Sounds good to me. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with us with our controversial topics. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up, honestly. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I was I like, am. oh my God, I what am. have I done? He gave me the chance to shut what it down. What have I done? To shut reunion talk down. <laughs> Single-handedly. Yes. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, go subscribe to us if you haven't. 
be nice if you left us a review on iTunes or somewhere. Uh, drop us an email about Brave. Yes, your, we've, your, we've had a few. Yeah, because we're going to do a Brave post bag once we get out the other end of it. Yeah. Um, so you can send us that, beampod at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter. Tell people about us. That would be lovely because that's, you know, people seem to be finding us by accident at the moment, but it'd be great if you went and recommended us to people. I'd yeah, love that. I'd love that. I'd freaking love it. <laughs> so, uh, we'll catch you next week. See be good. See you later. Be safe. Bye. Bye.